Now I don't want to oversell it, Take out your beer, two plus. but this would change your life. My people, welcome, Stilinium Radio, Jonathan Stewart. Today I'm going to talk about leverage, actually two types of leverage, operating leverage and financial leverage. And I'm going to illustrate everything with the recently published interactive leverage model. If you're near a computer, you can direct your browser to www.acu.edu forward slash ILM. If you aren't near a computer, no problem. I'll tell you about the model and you can try it out later on your own. Big show today. Let's talk about leverage. The spring 2007 issue of Advances in Financial Education contains an article on teaching leverage by two of my favorite authors, Professor Mike Wiggins and Jonathan D. Stewart of Abilene Christian University. I love those guys. The article describes the interactive leverage model that Professor Wiggins and I developed in order to improve student understanding of leverage. So today I'd like to take you through an example using that model so that we can gain a better understanding of how leverage affects a company and its earnings. We will look at the interactive leverage model in a moment. First, let me tell you some things about leverage. The idea of leverage in business is directly related to the idea of physical leverage. When I was an undergraduate student, I worked for Stewart Brothers Drilling Company for a few summers and physical leverage was a pretty important part of our work. One day my boss told me, Hey, stupid worm, go take apart the pumps on that rig over there. Unfortunately, these particular pumps hadn't been used for more than 10 years and they were badly rusted. So I took a 24-inch pipe wrench and tried to turn the bolt which would let me take the pump apart. It didn't budge. I needed more leverage. I tried a 36-inch pipe wrench. No luck. So I got a long cheater pipe and put it on the end of the 36-inch pipe wrench. Then I stood on a 5-gallon bucket and hung on the pipe. Slowly the bolt turned. I had more leverage, so I was able to do more work than my skinny arms were able to do on their own. My expected return increased, but my risk increased as well. Because when you're hanging from a cheater pipe and you're several feet away from the bolt you are pulling on, sometimes the wrench slips and the whole thing comes down on your head, potentially leaving an unsightly mark on your dome. Similarly, leverage in business increases expected returns, but it also increases your risk. Two of the most fundamental types of leverage for corporations are operating leverage and financial leverage. Operating leverage is related to business risk, which is uncertainty in operating profits. We often call operating profit earnings before interest and taxes, or EBIT. Now the more volatile or uncertain your EBIT, the more business risk you have. 
then there are a lot of things that can lead to greater business risk. Uncertain demand for your product, unpredictable sales prices, volatile costs for inputs or materials. All of these uncertainties contribute to higher business risk. But there is one source of business risk that I want to focus on today. Fixed operating costs. The more reliant a business is on fixed operating costs, the greater its business risk. Here's why. If your company's operating costs are primarily variable, then they increase when sales are up and you are most able to pay them, and they decrease when sales are down and you are least able to pay them. Now, if your company has a high proportion of fixed costs, you are probably fine when sales are high, but if sales drop off, your fixed costs don't change because they're fixed. So your costs may eat up most of or all of your sales. Bad news. Now, a company which uses zero fixed costs has no operating leverage. We say that company has a degree of operating leverage equal to one. This means that a 1% increase in the company's sales results in a 1% increase in their EBIT. Now, another company that uses fixed operating costs might have a degree of operating leverage, or DOL, of 2. So for them, a 1% change in sales results in a 2% change in EBIT. The more fixed operating costs the company uses, the more operating leverage they have, and the greater their DOL. The second type of leverage I want to talk about is financial leverage. Now, Financial leverage refers to the relationship between EBIT and net income. Financial leverage is a function of fixed financing costs. What is a fixed financing cost? Well, if you borrow money, you often lock into a fixed interest payment. So that is the most common source of fixed financing costs. The more money you borrow, the greater the interest payment and the greater the financial leverage of the firm. Of course, there are some companies out there that don't borrow any money. Some companies like American Eagle Outfitters and Google are financed using 100% equity. Companies like these don't have any fixed financing costs, so they have a degree of financial leverage which is equal to 1. So for a company with a DFL of 1, a 1% increase in EBIT leads to a 1% increase in net income. If a certain company has financed some of their assets using debt and they have a DFL of 3, that means that a 1% change in their sales results in a 3% change in net income. Here's an example to try on the Interactive Leverage Model, or ILM as we like to call it. Go to www.acu.edu forward slash ILM and click on the link that says click to open ILM. This will launch the ILM in a new window. In the bottom left hand corner, there's a section labeled input variables. Let's enter an example into the model. Sammy's Just Snow Cones sells their world famous premium snow cone product for $10 per unit and in the most recent period, they sold 10,000 units. Their variable cost per unit is $7 for ice, syrup, and labor costs. 
Let's assume that Sammy has no fixed operating costs and no debt. Sammy is in a 40% tax bracket, and this year his sales increased by 10% relative to last year. So let's enter what we know. Price per unit is $10. Unit sold is $10,000. Variable cost per unit is $7. Fixed operating costs and interest are zero right now, and the tax rate is 40%. Finally, sales increased by 10%. Now look at the graphs. Sammy doesn't use any fixed operating costs, so their degree of operating leverage is one. A 10% increase in sales leads to a 10% increase in EBIT. Click on the middle graph. Sammy doesn't use debt financing either, so his degree of financial leverage is also one, and the 10% increase in EBIT leads to a corresponding 10% increase in net income. Finally, click on the combined leverage graph. The degree of combined leverage measures the combined impact of DOL and DFL. In fact, the degree of combined leverage is equal to DOL times DFL. Here, that is 1. So, the initial 10% increase in sales results in a 10% increase in the company's bottom line net income. Now, let's add some operating leverage to Sammy's business. Assume that Sammy purchases an automated snow cone machine that reduces his variable cost per unit to $6, but requires a fixed annual maintenance contract of $20,000. So change variable cost per unit to $6 and fixed operating costs to $20,000. Click on the DOL graph and you will see that DOL is now 2. A 10% increase in Sammy sales now results in a 20% increase in EBIT or operating income. Sammy's financial leverage didn't change. DFL still equals 1 because Sammy isn't using any debt financing. But the combined leverage is now equal to 2 times 1 or 2. So the 10% increase in sales results in a 20% increase in net income. What if we add some financial leverage? Assume that Sammy borrows $100,000 at 12% per year. So his annual interest cost would be $12,000. I'm going to change the interest line to $12,000. Notice that operating leverage did not change. DOL is still 2. This is important to point out because it means that our financing decisions do not have a direct impact on our operations. The 10% increase in sales still results in a 20% increase in EBIT. Borrowing $100,000 did have an impact on Sammy's financial leverage, though. When I click on the middle graph, I see that the DFL is now 2.5. So that 20% increase in EBIT is now multiplied by 2.5 to achieve a 50% increase in net income. Combined leverage increased as well. DOL of 2 times a DFL of 2.5 results in a degree of combined leverage of 5. So that 10% increase in sales now results in a 50% increase in net income. Pretty nice, huh? It's like putting a cheater pipe on your sales increase. When most people see the effect of leverage for the first time, they generally have an almost instinctive compulsion to say, Sweet! 
And it is sweet, my friends. But you have to remember that leverage is always a two-edged sword. It helps you when things are going well, but it amplifies poor results as well. Let's run that through the old ILM. Click on the DOL chart and grab a hold of the red circle on the left-hand side of the screen. Drag that circle up until you see the number 20 on the left side of the screen. This represents a negative 20% change in sales. What happens to Sammy next is sort of the opposite of sweet. When sales decline by 20%, EBIT declines by 40%. Ooh, not good. Click on the DFL chart. The 40% decline in operating income is amplified by 2.5 for a 100% decline in net income. Ouch. You see, if Sammy uses operating leverage and financial leverage and things go well, things go very well. That's because sales are more than enough to cover fixed operating costs and operating income is more than enough to cover the interest payment. Sammy has other people's money working for him and anything that is left over is reflected as net income. But if Sammy hits a sales slump, a bigger percentage of his sales are used to cover his fixed operating costs, leaving less operating income. Then this whopping big interest payment comes along and takes everything that's left. Well, there are several other things I'd like to say, but it's time to call it. I'm trying to keep my shows around 15 minutes or less, and someone is baking strawberry bread in the room next to Stulinium Studios. I'm the quality control officer, so I should probably get in there and check things out for myself. I'll talk more about this next time. I appreciate you tuning in today. If you have any questions, requests, or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to me at stulinium at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you soon. Until next time, Jonathan Stewart, Stulinium Radio. Stulinium Radio.